Y'all, it's been a while. I can't believe this is episode 70 of the His Word My Walk podcast. Well, lately some people have been asking me some things about myself and saying like, wow, I don't know that much about you. So today I'm going to give you the scoop, some extra dirt, some behind the scenes of what it's like, how I truly grew up, what it's like to walk out God's truth in my everyday life and what it took to get here and how I still try to keep that going. So here we go. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, this episode is going to be a little different. I know a lot of you are new listeners to this podcast and, well, new to me. And although I share about myself in every episode, sort of, (laughs) I've been asked to share a little bit more. So let's have some fun with this one. I'm going to start out with two truths and a lie. So I'm going to give you three statements about me. Two are true. One's a lie. And by the end of this episode, you will have the stories to verify if you were right. So here's my three statements. Remember, two are true. One is a lie. Number one, I have a tattoo on the bottom of my foot. Number two, I have dug up a dead body. Number three, I shaved lightning bolts into the side of my head. Good ones, right? So two are true. One is a lie. I need you to go ahead and guess right now. And by the end, you're going to know all the stories that go with these right here. So now I am a Christian mentor and life coach, but clearly that's not where I started. I started in Saskatchewan, Canada. In a very small town, like 300 people, I played every sport. One of the first sports I played, predictable, was hockey. (laughs) And I played with the boys because back in the 80s, that's just how we did it. I was also a figure skater, so I would just switch my skates after practice, change, put on my little dress, change, put on my pads and my hockey gear, and just go to the next practice. I was a tomboy and an athlete. (laughs) I was MVP of the boys' tournaments, like all of that. I was always tall, and I always had short hair. Think like Justin Timberlake. Like, these curls are natural, but when I was really young, my hair was always short, just like my brother's. I was so committed that I not only shaved lightning bolts into the sides of my hair, but my hockey number in the back too. (laughs) Welcome 80s. I feel like all these styles are coming back in now. So if I pull out some like childhood pictures, I'm probably pretty stylish now. So like I said, I grew up in a really small town, about like 300 people. And y'all, I'm going to probably jump around a lot in this episode. So try to stay with me. But in that small town, we went to church. Well, we went to the church directly across the street from our house. Like, I remember the signs on the wall in the church with the numbers of which hymns we were going to sing for that day. I remember that kids would run to the front of the church when it was story time before we would go to Sunday school. Then we'd head downstairs. And honestly, Sundays was just like another time to hang out with friends. (laughs) Church was just a place to go on Sunday mornings, a place less than 100 steps from our front door. So we moved from that small town and I started fifth grade in the city. And by city, I mean like 18,000 people. But it was a big city for us, and it's where all of our sports took place anyway, so it was nice to be there. For me, sports continued, and now it was junior high school sports on top of the others. Volleyball, basketball, of course, track, badminton, and, well, 
I was a peer counselor too. And in eighth grade, your girl was student body president. Kind of a big deal. (laughs) So junior high was incredible for me. That's where I found the guys. There were five guys and me and we hung out all the time. Every day, you could find us at one of our houses playing basketball, in a hot tub, or jumping on a trampoline. Like those were the top three things we did. Every one of us had one or more of those things. Basketball, trampoline, hot tub. Until I moved away from that town or city at the end of 10th grade. Oh, and I also played the piano since I was three, like studied piano, played at competitions, won money and scholarships, all the things, practiced piano every morning before school for 30 minutes to an hour. I've always been a morning person, but I remember having hockey practice like in second and third grade before school. On the days I didn't have hockey, I was up to practice piano before school. So the fact that I'm up early to spend time with God and work out and be super productive while a lot of others are still asleep, that's just kind of how I've always been. It's how I was always raised. Oh, so piano? I stopped playing because I showed up at my lessons one week with a like jammed finger from basketball, and my piano teacher told me that I would have to choose between piano and basketball, and I told her that was my last week. So there's that. <laughs> So the guys, well, a couple of them, their parents were really involved in their church. And around the same time, my mom was introduced to Jesus, like relationship. Remember, we went to church, but relationship, being saved, it wasn't known. We just didn't know what we didn't know. So after my mom was saved, she began going to a new church. And I was down to go with her because a couple of the guys went there. So youth was fun. And Wednesday nights, we would play basketball together. And then my mom asked if I wanted to go to a summer camp. Now, if you don't know about Saskatchewan summer Bible camps, they're they're a thing. Like, they are a thing, and they're known, and I didn't know. But I knew some of the guys were going, so I was in. Well, that was the camp where I met Jesus. So there it is. Boom, junior high. I'm going to just keep flowing. I want to get to some of the questions that y'all submitted, so um, there's the first answer to that. Junior high, summer camp, Saskatchewan. (laughs) I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't even raised in a Christian home. I was raised in an incredible family with love and morals and manners and all of that. My dad was a police officer, an RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police Officer. Oh, here. When I meet people from online, they're usually like, oh, I didn't realize you were so tall. I'm six feet. My dad was six foot eight and my brother's pushing seven feet. So we've got pretty good athletic genes in our family. My brother was a pitcher and drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks right out of high school. And well, I did pretty well with basketball. I remember telling my dad once about a guy that I was interested in. And here's what he said. (laughs) He said, how tall is he? And what did he play? Like, we don't need someone messing up the gene pool over here, you know? So I was saved, and I knew what I knew, and I also didn't know what I didn't know. When I left Canada and moved to Arizona for my junior and senior years of high school, with the goal of furthering opportunities with basketball, my dad and I scouted out the best girls basketball high school in the area. I went to Highland High School in Gilbert, Arizona. Like, it was great. The only thing I wasn't prepared for was that probably like 80% of my high school was Mormon. I didn't care. Honestly, I didn't even know what that meant. I like I just didn't know the only thing I learned quickly was that besides me and maybe two others on my team everyone else and the coach they were all Mormon and all that meant for me was that we forfeited a championship game on a Sunday what like I didn't understand I didn't know now I honor and actually applaud their faithfulness to their belief truly so during those years my incredible parents lived apart My brother's two years older than me, so he moved to Arizona with my dad for his senior year of high school, and I stayed at home with my mom in Canada. My amazing dad was disabled, 
yes, the RCMP officer and like super stud athlete. Like I have no memories of my dad running. My memories are of my dad walking with two canes my whole life. Like that's just all I knew. My mom went to work every day. My dad did all the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, the carpool driving, never missed a game, never missed a practice. And then weekends, we were full family time. So my parents made the decision that they thought was best for my brother. And clearly it worked out. After he got drafted, I was like, I want to (laughs) go. So all I know is that my parents said yes and made it happen. I have no idea what the late night conversations were like. Like, how can we afford this? Can we spend this much time apart? I miss you guys while you're gone. Now you're all in Arizona and I'm up here in Canada working and saving. And I actually was getting emotional as I was thinking about this. Like when we are kids, we we don't think about the conversations that our parents have to fulfill the dreams that we have, right? Like the sacrifice of parents is a real thing. So my dad wasn't saved yet yet. (laughs) And I didn't really have a lot of strength in my own relationship with God. So unless I was going to tag along with some of my Mormon friends, which actually wasn't really allowed, I didn't have much to do with God or church with those years of my life. I just didn't know. So college, I returned to Canada because one of the schools I always followed, always went to their camps, kept in touch with their coach. They were recruiting me and it was only two and a half hours from where I grew up. Okay, truth, it was two hours and 10 minutes. And if you've never been to Saskatchewan, let me tell you, it is flat and straight. Like no turn, no up and down, nothing. For two hours and 10 minutes, I would paint my nails, hands and toes while driving that drive. I think I must have been more flexible back then too, obviously. So I heard about Athletes in Action when I was in college, a ministry for athletes. Well, all I knew, it was college athletes who were Christian and I thought I fit into that category. So I went to one of the get togethers. And it was super cool. They had a male and a female staff mentor assigned to each campus. And so I would actually meet with her once a month, maybe. I still have the discipleship book we went through together. And this was the first real Christian person in my life that had influence. Like she talked to me as an athlete. She taught me about God as an athlete. And when we would get together, we were all athletes. I began to get to know Jesus and how much he loved me right where I was. And honestly, I learned I could love Jesus and still be cool, still be an athlete, still be me. So basketball, first year, we ended the season with a bronze medal, third in the national tournament. And that was tough. At the beginning of my second year, I suffered a back injury and couldn't recover. So I actually medically redshirted my whole second year and kind of jumped on the coaching staff. And that was the year we won the national championship. It's tough. It's something I don't always talk about. To be really, really honest in this episode, it was just this year when our team got back together for our Sports Hall of Fame induction that I shared with a couple of them how much I didn't feel like I deserved that honor. Like I wasn't really part of the championship team. Like I didn't play in the game or any games past preseason that year. It's so crazy, those conversations that I've held for more than 20 years. Those feelings I've held in for more than 20 years. And just knowing my teammates, first of all, had no idea I felt that way, but also never for a second thought I didn't deserve that championship with them. Jeez, y'all are getting all the behind the scenes. (laughs) So my third year of college, I came back and played. Just wanted to prove all the doctors wrong and prove myself right that I was tough enough. But it was painful and it was hard and I made the really difficult decision to end my basketball playing dreams. Like, what now? (laughs) I didn't know. I I hadn't really picked a major. I mean, I came to school there to play basketball. 
So I had to make some decisions. I was earning my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, and I decided to major in sports management, and I got to work. I actually took summer classes so that I could finish my degree a semester early and keep it moving. Best decision ever. Summer classes were amazing, and I wish I had done them every year. If you're considering it, and especially if it will give you a boost in finishing your education, do it. Here's a fun story. So besides babysitting a handful of times and then coaching basketball camps, I'd never had a job. I was always playing something. So now in college, I wanted and needed a summer job. So I applied for a job with the city. Well, I got the job. Groundskeeping. I was so pumped outside all day, every day, cutting grass, planting flowers, tan, all the things. My district? Cemetery. (laughs) And it was the best. There were four of us who were in college and we just clicked. Like we would never have met each other outside this job and we remained friends. Well, I'll say for life, like Facebook and stuff really helps with this. So, yep, my summer job was at the cemetery, cutting grass, planting flowers. I can fix an irrigation system with my eyes closed, a gas-powered weed whacker. Oh, I sported that for like eight hours in a row going in and out of headstones to the beat of whatever I was playing in my yellow Sony Walkman with the yellow headphones to match, obviously. The things I learned there about cemeteries, about processes, about funerals, and about life and love. And yes, there were a couple times, actually two, that I was part of exhuming a body. I actually dug up the dead person. A fact I can usually win two truths and a lie with. A small fact about my life you may have never known. But there it is. I have dug up two dead people. So, okay, let me get you to where I am now. I got a job right out of college with the NBA, the National Basketball Association. I was an intern at first, like an intern. Like I remember the day I learned that the copy machine would staple and hole punch for me. Big deal. (laughs) So I was an intern for the league office of the new National Basketball Development League, which is now the G League. So the league had actually just started then in 2003. Um, I was living in Greenville, South Carolina. And there were three others who worked for the league, too, and we all lived together, and it was super fun. From there, I moved to Huntsville, Alabama, back to Phoenix, then to San Francisco, then to the Dallas area, and then back to Phoenix. So there's the short story. (laughs) But my dream of basketball wasn't cut short. My dream of playing basketball was shifted to working in professional basketball. So I couldn't see that side street when I was younger, but God knew all along. So I was still an athlete, though, still competitive. So when fitness competitions came to be, I went for it. I got certified as a personal trainer and fitness nutritional specialist, too, in addition to my first degree in kinesiology. And as I really began to dig in with my relationship with God and get involved at my church and growing and growing and growing, these were the years that I was at the Potter's House Church in Texas. So I was taking all the classes, serving in ministries, just like loving it and growing. And I could see myself on stages. I could see myself writing books. I could see myself teaching others and encouraging others. I could see myself teaching others how to live a healthy lifestyle with Christ as the foundation. I would teach others how to get healthy and stay healthy with Jesus as the reason. And that's what I did. That second degree from Arizona Christian University studying the Bible was so that I could build this fitness ministry and know how to teach properly, understand properly, interpret scripture properly, but still with fitness in mind. I ran a little health ministry at the church I was at. I recorded workout DVDs with them. (laughs) I spoke at conferences and wrote a couple devotionals with workouts in it. Wow, 
Maybe I need to drop those again. Again, I saw more. Like I saw further. I saw myself impacting more women, more people for Jesus. I just always thought it would be through fitness. In 2017, my relationship with God blossomed, like wide open. I began to read the Bible every day. That's a story I share often, so you can catch details on other episodes of that one. And in March of 2019, I dropped everything and moved back to Canada to be with my mom and dad. Literally, overnight dropped everything. Left my job, my church, my immigration status, my green card application, my relationship, my apartment. Like, I knew it was God calling me to go and go to a place I never really wanted to go back to. So I immediately went. My dad passed away in November of 2019 and, oh wait, 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 wait. So in 2010, as I was serving in my church in Phoenix, Arizona, I was serving in the youth department. A couple times I got to preach the sermon and this time I was teaching, my parents happened to be visiting for the month over Christmas. I got to the end of the message and did the classic, bow your heads, close your eyes. Anyone wanna know Jesus for the first time? Just raise your hand. Y'all, my dad raised his hand. What? (laughs) So there's that. God is faithful and he has a plan. My dad received Christ in his 60s. My dad received Christ. My dad is with Christ. So after that, in 2020, y'all know how it went. I took my fitness ministry programs online like everyone else and had some fun group programs. Again, kind of thinking I might pull one of them out again as a woman in my life just asked if I could help her with her health. I mean, I'm still a certified personal trainer. I've still got all the skills, just now more of Jesus. So let me know if y'all would care about something like that. As I had this program running and as I would check in with the women every week, they would share things like, I dropped three pounds or I didn't throw out any groceries this week because they didn't go bad. I ate at home. That was a big one. Or my fave. I walked past my husband and he commented on how my butt looked. (laughs) And then I would also get the comments like, I've never experienced God like this. I didn't know God loved me like this. Or you're not going to believe what God did this last week. And that was the point that I realized God was turning the corner on this road we were on. My joy was exponentially more when women were experiencing God in a fresh way. And I had women reaching out to me to help them with their relationship with God who would never want the fitness program. So there's the shift. That's how I got to where I am. I am Kayla, your Christian mentor and life coach. And my deepest desire is to get you to experience God in a fresh way in your life every single day. Saying yes to this podcast was something I knew God was asking me to do for a long time. I assumed it would be all about health and Jesus. If you go back to listen to the first couple episodes, I'm pretty sure I still say to visit (laughs) KaylaFit.com, which by the way is now KaylaPraise.com. Come visit me there, K-A-E-L-A-P-R-A-Y-S.com. Yet, I said yes right where I was. Well, finally. Here's the thing. I don't have it all together. And I know God is still using me, like half put together me. Because when I show up and I surrender whatever I have, then he can flow. But if I won't surrender my voice to him, he can't flow through this podcast and bring it to people all around the world and help others grow into what he has always had planned and maybe what I hoped for. If I won't surrender my time to God, the ministry for which he's called me will never get off the ground. The women he has called me to serve will never have an opportunity to see me. See, if I'm really honest, surrender is probably my biggest battle. I've actually never thought of it until right now, but it is surrendering my time. I see what God's doing, 
and I see where he's pointing and I want what he has for me and I want to do what he's calling me to do. I still see the stages. I still see the books. I still see the impact. And if I don't surrender, honestly, mostly my time, like if I don't surrender my time, how do I think I'll get there? How do I think he will get me there? This podcast takes time. I'm not just sitting here jumping on an interview with a guest. And hear me, I'm not discounting anyone who is because God is using you right there. And if that's what he's called you to, you do what he's called you to do. Keep doing that. For me, it's time. I study, I prepare, I teach. And you know what? I can see what all the preparation is for. When a ministry calls and asks if I can come and speak, but it's really short notice, no problem. God and I have been preparing lessons and sermons every week for more than a year. I know how we flow. I know this episode maybe didn't hit you like the others. And still, I pray that you heard something today, that you learned something today, that God said, psst, listen, this part is for you. What makes me a great mentor and life coach? Well, it's who makes me a great mentor and life coach. God does. He has been planning this all along, from being picked on and called a boy as I was beating everyone on the playground, with my lightning bolts and hockey number shaved into my head, but then having those same thoughts of not fitting in and not being qualified come back in college. I didn't even talk about how I don't drink, like never have, and how peer pressure just really doesn't do anything for me, but what that meant for all the crowds he had me in, athletes, college students, friends at clubs, even grown girlfriends having wine nights. Am I insecure about those things now? No, not at all, actually. But that doesn't mean Satan doesn't try to hit that same button just to see if he can reactivate it. God has given me a gift to help others. I know he has. Because when I show up on a call and a woman is pouring out her struggles and there's a creative strategy that drops, I know it's not me. Sure, I'm able to share from my own experience. That's what God has used to qualify me. I can see my childhood, the piano discipline, the sports accolades, the getting picked on, the friends who have lasted a lifetime but didn't come from where I thought all my friends should come from, the opportunities I said no to because I knew they didn't fit who I was even though they were great options. That obedience, that time, like the immediate obedience, that time, and the peace that I felt with it, and the tears and frustrations of time of not being able to understand God's timing. I'm right here too. I don't know it all, but I know someone who does. And he and I are in constant communication. Look, I would be honored to serve you. I was encouraged to do this episode from one of the women I do mentor. It would be a disservice to you, to me, and to God if I didn't share every road he had me on so far in this life. Some of them, I feel like I was running ahead of him. (laughs) Some of them, we walked side by side, hand in hand, enjoying the journey. Some of them, he let me fall, and I have some road rash scars. And some of them, he stood there at the fork in the road and let me turn right and do me, knowing I would make the U-turn at some point, and there he would be. I'm real, y'all. And I want to be real with you. I can't take you somewhere I've never been. So if you've been feeling stuck, if you've been questioning, if you've been feeling tormented in your own thoughts or unqualified, I'm here. If you know where God is calling you, or even if you don't, but you know there's more, but you're right where you are right now and don't know how to take the next step, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you close the gap. I'm here to help you see the step, take the step, and listen for the next one too. This doesn't have to be difficult. All you have to do is reach out to me. DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Send me an email, info at kaylapraise.com. Just reach out. And when you do, I'll pray with you 
and I'll talk to you and I'll ask you how your relationship with God is and I'll ask you how you're doing with the Bible and we will start from wherever you're starting from because I know God started with where I was every single time. He meets you right where you are and that's my desire too. Oh, and just for the fun, I always did want a tattoo on the bottom of my foot. I wanted a scripture that I would stand on all day. Cool, right? Uh, But I was told that it would wear off. So instead, I let God write them all on my heart. Aw, cheesy, right? I know, as I was saying it, I was like, this is super cheesy. But it's true. It's so true. So if you need me, I'm here. All you got to do is take one step and reach out. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.